Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. The episode today is a recording of the sermon from this past Sunday. If you didn't see it, I would recommend you check out our Tumblr page at some point this week, uh, bethanydevos.tumblr.com. But the recording that we're going to give you is a whole bunch of the different parts of this service mashed together, along with the musical pieces that it accompanies. It's a really cool, really creative sermon that Pastor Gary put together with a lot of help from the creative arts team as well as our musicians. And so you'll get to hear it all here, the audio version of it. We hope you enjoy it. But do check out the video version as well on the Tumblr page if you can. This is a long one because it includes a lot of parts, but the message is so good and so important for this time as well. It's all based on a reading from the prophet Zephaniah, which is a pretty gnarly reading if you get a chance from Zephaniah chapter 1. A lot of doom and gloom in there, but Pastor Gary talks about how that all relates. And then as well as a really famous parable from Jesus, Matthew chapter 25 is where you can find that one. And it's the parable of the talents. So that's enough of me rambling about it. Here we go. The sermon from this past Sunday, November the 15th, preached by Pastor Gary. This reading from Zephaniah comes at a time in the midst of the people of Israel where uh, Israel and Judah have split and you have kingdoms in the north Israel and the kingdom in the south Judah and they sort of go on this roller coaster wave that usually is from one king to another whether or not they're they're doing what's pleasing in God's sight and now again the prophet Zephaniah comes with a warning to the people and a very stern one at that about what God expects from them and the warning comes so often from prophets about what they are doing or who they are oppressing. And what's really interesting of this prophecy from Zephaniah is it's not so much about what the people are doing, but, but hear this line again that Pastor Nate read for us. I will punish the peoples who rest complacently. I will punish those who rest complacently. And so often, sometimes we think in the church that there can be these forces that can work against us, even work against the church. And even as people of a Christian faith, sometimes there are people who would say, well, clearly that which works against us is atheism. And I would say, not really so much. In fact, actually, atheism gives us a reason to be as as important as we are. It's a counter to us, but it isn't always our biggest enemy. I think Zephaniah points out what our biggest enemy is. Our biggest enemy is complacency. The biggest enemy to the church can actually be the church when we stop doing things intentionally, which is why so often, not all the time because we have a lot of different formats for it, but oftentimes in that opening part of our confession this is what we read at the beginning we confess that we've sinned and thought word and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone it's sometimes the things that we that we simply are apathetic toward that are 
the greatest enemy to our faith. And we probably know that in other ways of our life as well. Right now, we could say that, that COVID's greatest ally, that the virus's best ally right now, that which is supporting the virus more than anything else, is complacency. When we think that we just don't need to do the hard work anymore, so we leave things undone. I can be with friends around me because I know we're all okay and I'm not going to bother wearing a mask around them. I can do things and go about my own life and not have to worry about getting sick because I just don't think it'll ever actually happen to me or to anybody I care about. And the virus loves complacency the same way that for the people of Israel, they were warned against that. Because it's that that, that took them away from what God's best intention for their life was. And so we have to call ourselves back over and over again. Call ourselves back to what God is truly asking of us. And that is to be people of, of vigilance, of action. People who are always looking out for one another in every way that we can. Apathy will always be the greatest threat to the church. Let's not let that happen to us. And instead, instead what we will hear is that opening part of Zephaniah. The reason he came and probably talking to King Josiah at this point, letting us know that if we can set aside those things that would take us away from the Lord, that this is what God has in store. The day of the Lord is at hand. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. God has consecrated the guests. What we're being told here is God is preparing a tremendous feast, a celebration. And all we have to do is to be mindful of this time right now, knowing that God has a celebration in store. And so that's, that's our call in these days, is do the hard work now so that the celebration that God has in store, that everyone will be a part of that great day when we can be together again celebrating the work of God. And as I think about that, I kind of think again to how we want to close this worship service and where we want to go with that. And actually, Rick, I mean, I know that you're a person who has musical talents. If the rest of us haven't figured that out by now, then we haven't been paying attention. But I'm wondering what you might have in store for our closing hymn today. Just give me a, give me a sense of what we can expect from Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee.
You know, Rick, I'm sure there are people out there going, this is phenomenal, and, and it is. But I know you, and I think that if we give you a little bit of time, you could even do something bigger than that. So I just want you to think about that as we go through worship and really think about what you could do to take us to a big celebration at the close of worship today. For it is if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them, each according to his ability. To one he gave five talents, then he went away. We're getting close now to the end of worship, and so I want to see where we have maybe gone with some of this. So, um, Nate, will you maybe come, and Carol, will you let Nate get to the piano? I kind of want to see where he's gone with this opportunity of joyful, joyful, we adore thee. All right, you listening? I'm ready. All right. I got to say that that sounds like exactly what you did earlier. Did I mean, you not think about adding anything to maybe it? Maybe a little bit. I, it's, I mean, I knew you were a harsh man, and <laughs> I was pretty nervous, and I, and I just kind of got maybe a little... It seemed good enough, right? You know... There are times when you do things that are outstanding. <laughs> this wasn't one of them. Yeah. You know, really, as we close out worship, I wonder if you should just, just go sit in the back of the sanctuary for the rest of church. All right. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seeds. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But this master replied, You wicked and lazy slave! You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We still have hopes for the end of worship yet today. Kara, you had played a little bit of that just very melodic, peaceful, joyful, joyful, we adore thee, and maybe you've had a little time to think about what you could add to the close of our worship today.
was it right there. Thank you. Oh my gosh, the way you the way you started that slow and then you built that up that just felt like a prophet was coming and talking to the people and, and bringing them truly into a celebration. That's exactly what I was looking for. Oh, that just fills me with such joy. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And Rick, we only have a little bit of time to go before we're going to get to the close of worship today. And you played, of course, wonderfully on the organ, that, that what you're going to lead us in, in joyful, joyful, we adore thee. But I wonder, what have you done, what do you think for our, for our closing hymn today? Well, Gary, I didn't think that one person playing by himself was adequate to express God's abundance, no matter how fancy I made it. So I went around the church and I found this strangely random group of instrumentalists wandering around with their instruments and asking if they would join in. And actually, I don't know if you brought your trumpet today. You're welcome to join as well. I would love to. But, you know, as great as one person uh, giving praise to God is, five additional is just that much better. Oh, let's So that's what we're, we're going to try to do. Fantastic. Fantastic. That, that's the kind of joy that I really want us to experience. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. So as we think about this, first, will all of you stick around for our closing hymn? You'll all be here for it. Wonderful. But you know, when, when we think about these talents, it's easy for us to just consider that this might be music because it's one of those 
talents that we recognize that we have as a part of our lives. But we really have to consider what Jesus was thinking about as he, as he told this parable. Because I don't think that Jesus was only talking about the joy that we can bring into people's lives through, through music or through art or through other classic talents like that. I think, what, I think what Jesus was trying to tell us is that we all have something, something that we can take, something that we can multiply, something that will take us to a new level. And here, I believe, is what Jesus gave all of us. And it seems so simple, but it also seems so complex, but it's such that some people might feel like they, they only have a little bit of it, but they don't have it in, in abundance. Some people will know they have a little bit more of it, and then others will feel completely filled with it. What I'm talking about is the Word of God. We've all been given an opportunity to know what the Word of God can mean for our own lives. But the point is not that it simply infuses our life, but instead that we understand what the Word of God can bring to somebody else's life. And so we're called to be those people that take the Word of God and spread it freely and, and share it in abundance. And you might think, well, I, I don't really... I'm not really that well versed in the Bible, but you know that Jesus loves you and that's something that you can share with somebody else. Some others might think, well, I have a little bit more of scripture knowledge and I feel like maybe I could actually get in a viable conversation with somebody and you do that and you find out probably not only do you have more than you realize, but what you have even grows within you as you share it with somebody else. And then others might say, well, there are people who do this in abundance. Here's the thing. We're not all called to be teachers. We're not all called to be preachers. Some of us have that opportunity and really that, that wonderful privilege to feel like we're called because we've been given so much to share so much. But we're all called to take what we have and increase it for the world. To take the joy of the word of God for our lives and know that it can increase in somebody else's life as well. That's what, that's what we will do when we understand that we do turn our lives over to God. Even as sounds of praise sang for us, that, that, that take my life, that's what we're doing. We're turning everything over we have to God, and we might feel that it's not as much as our neighbor, but I'll still hand it over to God and let God work with it. It might not be as much as, as, as we look at people and we consider celebrities on TV who feel like maybe they have so much talent, and God will say, I've given you in abundance, and all I'm asking is for you to be willing to share it. When that happens, joy increases. When that happens, not just our joy, but the very joy that God experiences increases. And so we say to God, take my life 
Let me see what you have given me. And let me share it with others. That abundant joy will be a part of our world today and always. Wait, 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 Rick. Rick, stop, stop for a second. It just, it doesn't feel right to sing and have all this joy and to have Nate banished to the back. Pastor, is this really how it ends? Yes. Yes. That's how it ends? No. That's a good point. Because that is how the parable ends. But we have to think about when was Jesus sharing this parable? Jesus was sharing this parable as one of the last things he shared with his disciples before they would go into the upper room. And then they would go out to the garden and he was going to be arrested. And when he was arrested, all of his disciples fled. It was as if they took themselves into self-banishment. They, they just abandoned him. And so Jesus went through that time of trial and crucifixion alone. And even at the resurrection, there were so few there. But after that, this is what he did. He asked for his disciples to be regathered. All of those who had abandoned him. In fact, these are the words that Jesus shared with his disciples. They come as the final words of Matthew's gospel, part of this great commission to these very disciples who had abandoned him. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. All right. So if that's how the gospel ends, with everybody regathered, Pastor Nate, we need you to come back up here. We need you to participate yeah. in this closing hymn. Right. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, do you want me to play piano? No, I don't want you to play piano. I'll tell you this. Is there another trumpet we have around somewhere? Why don't you grab a trumpet and come on up and join us? There's one right there. Yes. Um, in fact, here, take, take my music stand. I'll move over here. And you know what? For us to do this, Kara, come on up. Be a part of this. This is the kind of gospel joy that we are called into today. Rick, let's make some music. <laughs> 